You're listening to nothing important. But now we're on a podcast, so fuck the FCC. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? <laughs> we're not popular enough to notice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Nothing Important. I'm Eeyore. I mean Dave. What we have for you this week is an interview with Mark Crooksh. He played Nate on The Office, and he plays Daniel Warmald on Better Call Saul. And as most of you know, Brian and I do a fan podcast about Better Call Saul called It's Saul Goodman, which you can find at www.itssaulgoodman.com. So what we did is we split the interview up. We have half of it. Not Better Call Saul stuff on this podcast. The Better Call Saul stuff is on It's Saul Goodman. I also realized that I haven't done it that time of the month in a while, so I am going to plan on doing two in March. And we have another interview planned next week that is not a Better Call Saul-related guest, although he is a fan and he might have some opinion. We might talk about the show a little bit. But hey, it's a massive show. Speaking of massive shows, I went and saw the Deadpool movie last weekend by myself, which is an odd thing for me to do, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I'm recommending to everybody check it out, which I think I'm going to throw in Brian and I talking about it a little bit. Yeah, I'll do that. So, enjoy our chat with uh, Mark Brooks. We'll see you all next week. One thing I definitely want to see, Dave, is uh, the Deadpool movie. I am also, I'm also very interested in seeing that movie yeah I, I went and saw the avengers when i was living in la by myself and, and i was like yeah okay and then i saw the avengers 2 i hated it you hated it i was checking my clock i was like over, really i was over it dude something yeah. about the avengers movies and i thought i was done with comic book movies in general and then i saw ant-man yeah. and it kind of brought me back honestly i, I, I heard like, i haven't seen it but i heard it's kind of lighthearted. It is. It's it's written by Adam McKay, who wrote like Anchorman, mm-hmm. and you know, so it's it's a comedy writer that wrote it. Paul Rudd's the main guy. I like yeah. Paul Rudd. I like his whole his whole aura and everything. Yeah. So I I, I really liked that man. I thought it was pretty well done. And uh, so now I'm kind of back on the comic book. I think it's just I don't like Joss Whedon movies, maybe or something. Mm-hmm. Or whoever does the Avengers, but I really want to see Deadpool. I love Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I said. In one of the most recent podcasts, I love my talkie actors. Yeah. You know? And, he's very uh, verbose. And he's 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 one of those guys that just has that, the wit and the dialogue, and that's mm-hmm. a perfect role for him, I think. Yeah, And totally. he's super, super sexy. Yeah, he's, he's quite a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about Deadpool is, like, if, if there was any if there was any movie or role that was custom made for somebody, it would probably be Deadpool or Ryan Reynolds. I think so. I think it's going to be a nice... Because the whole, the whole concept of Deadpool is... He's 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 like an anti-hero, mm-hmm. but he knows he's in a comic book, so he does a lot of breaking the the fourth wall. Like he'll speak directly to the readers, right? While the rest of the people are like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" You know, because like <laughs> they don't know they're in a comic book, but ah. he does. And I've heard nothing but good things that in the movie 
He breaks mm-hmm. the fourth wall per the character, and he'll talk to the audience. Absolutely. And normally, I hate that kind of thing. Right. Like, I think I spoke about that before. Even when I was little, like, say, like, Tiny Toon Adventures, for example. Remember mm-hmm. when we were little, that was a big cartoon? Yeah. And I remember every once in a while, Buster Bunny would break the fourth wall and talk to the audience. And even as right. a kid, I was like, man, I hate that. You know, like, my game <laughs> is that, like, Distracting from my entertainment. Like, Don't I talk just, to me. Yeah, I just, I just never liked that. I always right. thought, I always thought, even from a young age, I always thought that was a jarring thing. Funny games. That ruined the movie Funny Games for me. Was there a lot of breaking the third wall there was or one, fourth wall on that one? One, one point where they did and just kind of like, I was into it till now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think that they're going to pull it off, or they have pulled it off. I mean, the movie's done at this point. Like $74 million on its opening weekend as we record this. Oh, is it already out? Yeah. It came out Thursday. <laughs> well, then. A rare yeah. Thursday release. I'm so excited to see it. I don't even know that it's out yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the, the advertising has been hilarious. Like, it's been very pointed towards moviegoers, you know, like even breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite one that they did is, of course, you know, with everything, there's a damsel in distress. So there uh-huh. was actually Valentine's Day advertisements. Oh, nice. That looked like typical, like made it, framed it as if it was like a romantic comedy. <laughs> kind of like what they did with the Shining trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for this was like official trailer That's for the movie. Awesome. Yeah. So, if, you know, like, so why not take your woman, you know, why not take your girl to a romantic movie on Valentine's Day and this like Deadpool? <laughs> and it even had a picture of like, Handsome ass Ryan Reynolds, like sitting there uh-huh. smiling, like on a log overlooking like a lake, you know, <laughs> and like the the love interest with him, like head on the shoulder, smiling, like they're just having the most romantic evening. That's when awesome. if, if anything, the movie is not. Romantic oh no, it's super violent. Super violent. It's super. Yeah. It's. This, I think this is going to be one of the most violent. Is this the first R rated? No, Watchmen wasn't R rated. Super. That was Marvel movie. too, right? No, Watchmen's DC. Ah, yeah. Deadpool's Marvel. Yeah, awesome movie. And once again, speaking of Watchmen, I'd like to say that Eric Griffin's opinion of the movie Watchmen is 100% wrong. I will never let that drop. We should get him back on. If I ever get him back on the show, <laughs> I'm going to be like, I still think your opinion of Watchmen is wrong. <laughs> he was a fun guy, though. I agreed more with him on that. Really? I don't you know. You didn't like the Watchmen? I was, I was lukewarm on the Watchmen. Oh, I loved it. Maybe, did you read the book, The Watchmen? No. Read the book, The Watchmen, and then go watch the movie, and you'll be like, wow, they did really good. Okay, th- th- that was like, they tried to keep it. It was, it was true like, to the comic book, right? Yeah, it, it was, it was really it? true to the comic book, except for the ending. Uh, and if you haven't seen, uh, if you haven't read the comic book, The Watchmen, or haven't seen the movie, The Watchmen, I'm not going to ruin the ending. It, typically, I don't care about spoilers. I just think it's really clever how they, how they made it, how they updated the ending. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. I finally saw The Departed mm-hmm. after it's been out five, ten years, however long it's been out. Yeah. And I managed to, it never got spoiled for me. I had no idea how that movie ended. Really? I saw it like two weeks ago, finally. And it's awesome. But I was sitting there like, how did I not, how did this never get spoiled for me? This is a great movie. Everybody's seen it. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because the ending's so cool, people don't want to spoil it for other people. And that's the way it should be, man. Because yeah. people that cry spoilers are, are the worst. That's right. Spoiler alert. The worst. <laughs> and now an excerpt from the book of things Dave doesn't care about. People from Vegas that won't shut the fuck up about the fact that they're from Vegas. Well, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Okay, well, you happen to Vegas. Please stay there. This was an excerpt from the book of things Dave doesn't care about. You're listening to Nothing Important. Dave, you there? I am here. Mark, you there? I think he's best. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I gave I gave Mark the warning about how I always hang up on people, and he's like, "Well, that's it. If you hang up, that's over." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better way for that to start out, uh, ladies and gentlemen. On the someone important hotline is Mark Brooks. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, close enough. It's oh. uh, Brooks. Brooks. Dave Dave can say it well, but I, no one I gets can't. it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my parents even screw it up. So it's a very it's a very unique last name. If if you don't mind me asking, what nationality is that last name? Uh for what we know, it's Austrian. Oh, okay. So interesting. It, it's just a very unique combination of uh very unique combination of letters. Yeah, so. mostly <laughs> consonants. Yeah, it's very Eastern yeah. European for sure, yes. Yeah, yeah. We were uh too poor to afford vowels when we moved over. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you on this show. Dave and I were big fans of uh, Better Call Saul, but uh, you've done other things from uh, K. Strauss, which I hope we could talk uh, a little bit about, and also The Office, where uh, Dave was telling me that you are you have one of his all time favorite moments from that TV show, <laughs> right, Dave? Yeah, actually. Oh, really? Wait, what was it? It was when Dwight goes to the uh, the hardware store to pick up some illegal workers, and the mm-hmm. exchange between <laughs> you two, where you know, <laughs> yo soy, you know, I'm from Philadelphia, Scranton. I speak English much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was on. Um, man, I want. I I think that was the first day of shooting. For my character and for me as an actor ever, uh, really? that was the first, yeah, first role I ever had as a professional actor. Not a not a bad jumping in point. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, right? And so that was uh, that was a pretty nerve wracking day for me. But um, Rain Wilson and everyone on the office, they were so nice and welcoming that it it really uh, helped. Uh, uh, ease my nerves. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. So that was that was your first uh, that was your first experience as an actor. And do you attribute that to uh, to uh, K. Strauss, the Zim Zam Yo Yo Man? Oh, it was a hundred percent from that. Um, I was living in Wisconsin, you know, not doing all that much. Um, just some, sh- you know, short films with my buddies and writing with my friends and stuff, mm-hmm. and. Through Kastros, um, the writers at the office became fans, um, and they would watch it during their lunch. And mm-hmm. Paul Lieberstein, um, who played Toby on the office, was also the showrunner at the time. <laughs> and he told them that they should, you know, that they, they should hire me. Um, but I had taken almost everything about me off of the internet that I could, you know, I took down my Facebook, I took down everything. So people would really think that K Strauss was real. Um, cause I was just trying to make my buddies laugh. Right. You know, I wasn't looking to, you know, make it in Hollywood. That was the furthest thing from my mind. What, if you don't mind me asking, what were you, what were you doing to make ends meet during this time? Yeah, I was working at this, um, kind of kind of an ad agency, but they would also do like documentary film. And mm-hmm. so they were they were integrating the two. Um it was created by Barry Polterman, um, who's the editor for a lot of Chris Smith films, like American movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um 
so I was doing that, but I, you know, I wasn't like that. That wasn't my calling or anything. They were just nice enough to hire me. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I was just kicking around and, and, uh, never had a clue that I could get out here. And then, uh, one day I got a call from Paul Lieberstein and a week later I was out there meeting with the writers. And then two months later I was filming that scene. It was just in. Wow. That's crazy. So how did, how did that call go? I would imagine like if I, if I got a call like that, I would probably hang up on them because I wouldn't believe that it was actually somebody <laughs> calling me. Well, I, I did have a bit of a heads up. Otherwise I would have, um, my now wife, um, was a writer on the office and she had started, uh, about a week before the case Ross videos went up on YouTube and we didn't know each other at the time. And when they were trying to figure out who I was, <laughs> she was the one that figured it out. And so she had texted, um, my friend, uh, Joe Pickett, who I had, I, uh, wrote case Ross with. Because Joe used to work at The Onion, and that's where Amelie came from. And mm. so she was like, do you know anything about this guy? And Joe was like, yeah, it's my friend. And so that kind of gave me a heads up that Paul would be calling. And yes, it was a very nerve-wracking call, even though Paul is one of the nicest people you'll meet. <laughs> um, it was still pretty, uh, pretty freaky. Wow. That's a, that's like such an amazing success story. That's so, that's, yeah, that's isn't so, it nuts? I got a career and my wife. Uh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> By doing something really stupid on TV. Uh, Tale is old as time. There's hope for us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, so that's amazing. So uh, did you, did you act at all before, like plays or anything, or or not they really? Just, they just kind of brought you out and said, "Can you do this?" <laughs> like, like, yeah, uh, I mean, mostly high school, but uh, you know, I when I look back, you know, I w doing short films with my friends and just goofing around in dumb characters with my friends, you know, really honed any like any skill or lack thereof that I, you know, I, I have. And so I guess, you know, it's almost the 10,000 hour rule, you know, right. uh, instead of like thinking, Oh, I should be an actor and go, you know, pursue that in a conventional sense. I did it, I guess a bit organically, um, just with my buddies. And that's what I, anytime anyone asks me how, what they should do as far as, you know, acting or becoming an actor, I say, well, don't move to LA, you know, <laughs> wait and, and, uh, hone your skills and take time. And kind of like, uh, two jackasses that kind of want to be broadcasters. So we do a podcast about a famous TV show. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's a little different. I have no, I have no inkling into that world. So, <laughs> you know, it takes a, it takes a lot, you know, it takes a, a computer and a, like a $5 microphone and you too can be a podcaster, my friend. <laughs> exactly. But, but I have found that with podcasts, the cream rises to the top much quicker than, um, you know, than like music, uh, yeah. you know, cause it's the same with music, $5 and a computer and you can, but with, 
podcast yeah, people do not have much tolerance for crappy ones. And so the good ones rise pretty quickly. So that's, you know, to your, to your compliment. So. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I totally appreciate that though. <laughs> um, so, so how, um, how, how many episodes of the office were you on? Uh, I was on 19 or 20, I think. And what, I mean, was there ever a time where you just sat back and you're like, I, I can't believe I'm on this huge <laughs> hit show and like, like, and I, like, did you ever catch, did you ever catch flack from uh, somebody for not paying your dues? Cause we, we've talked to other actors and movie stars and such. And we've heard a couple of times that sometimes there's a little bit of jealousy for, for people who kind of either create their own path and jump in at the top. I mean, have you had to face anybody like giving you any flack because you didn't quote unquote pay dues and go through one man shows? You know, I I really haven't like, you know, Jonathan Banks, who, you know, he was a theater director, you know, when he started out and actor Um, and, you know, Michael McKeon, the same thing, you know, these guys and Rain Wilson, you know, was classically trained and, um, but no, I've never gotten a sense from anyone that, you know, who paid their dues in that sense. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't felt any animosity or anything from them. They've always been very, very kind. I feel that way. I mean, I feel like I haven't paid my dues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I meet these actors who, you know, have, I feel, you know, a bit ill at ease about it and self-conscious about it. Um, I can see but, that. But you, as you said, if you spent a lot of time doing it on your own organically, then you have been paying your dues, just not in the traditional sense, in the professional yeah. setting, I guess. Right. I mean, I mean, that is, that's been brought up to me and I, 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 ascribe to that in uh, to some extent but when you're when that's just your life you don't think of it that way right it's too close to the situation (laughs) you you just think you're a loser so (laughs) and that you failed and uh let down your family so (laughs) sounds like you failed up (laughs) i i fell backwards into something pretty great (laughs) but that that's such a uh, almost in a way Almost in a way, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure I, I know for a fact Dave has, but like, I'm sure you've been to like karaoke and there's like the one person who thinks they're going to get discovered at, at karaoke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like in a way you are the person that got discovered at karaoke because <laughs> like, you put out YouTube videos and they, and they tracked you down and that's, that's just great that it, it worked out for you. It's such an unconventional route. And, uh, it is, and it would never have happened without the internet, you know. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I, I didn't even we didn't even load the videos up to YouTube. Other people did, and I was really annoyed because uh, our initial plan was to do twelve in a row. And if you watched all twelve in a row, you would get a couple story arcs about you know Kastros and his, <laughs> his family and life. Genius, and it was just a interesting way to tell a story through through two minute (laughs) interviews you know Mm -hmm. um and so when it blew up i we were both like oh crap you know (laughs) now 
<laughs> yeah, you know, this is ruined. We won't be able to do it anymore. Um, again, no, no idea that, you know, it could build into a career. I really didn't. That's well, you know, it seems to have worked out, uh, just great, <laughs> especially with, you know, it's uh, very it's, fortunate. It's, yeah. Awesome. And before, and before we talk a little bit about, uh, about better call saw, my, my question next is, um, the, the people in the, in the studio, the newscasters and like the local weathermen, was there ever a point where after everything just goes to hell and they essentially, you know, like give you the gong treatment, is there, was there ever a time where you broke character and you're like, okay guys, I'm just kind of doing this. No, no, that's great. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say no. I would be terrified to do that. I, uh, <laughs> as long as I'm in character, I, I'm not, I, I'm not too scared of, of anything. Um, and I wanted them to think it was real. Right. Yeah. You know, I wanted everyone to think that this was a real guy who's having an on-air meltdown, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so as soon as the cameras finished, the newscasters would like just turn and walk away and it was always the camera person that would have to come up and get my mic off of me. <laughs> and every single time I, I would be, I would say, oh man, that did not go so well. And <laughs> almost, almost every time. And it, it, I almost started laughing towards the, the last couple interviews because every single time the camera person would be like, no, no, you know, you got your point across. You did a great <laughs> job. You know, it's just this lovely Midwest night, you know, kindness. Um, but yeah, they, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure I really enjoyed having to come get the mic off the freak. Um, <laughs> have, have you heard, have you heard back? Have you heard from any of those people now that you, you've went on to, you know, like you, you've went on to success, like have, as, because like, if you pulled that on me, I couldn't help but respect it so much that I would do everything I could to reach out to you and just be like, ah, you got me good. You fucker. Like, good job. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, not really. A couple, um, a couple other uh, like people that worked with those newscasters early on reached out and mm -hmm. you know expressed you know uh, um, hate, <laughs> 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 but <laughs> um, but you know, I, I it wasn't mean spirited towards. The newscasters. I mean, I'm right, the idiot when right. that comes across. You know that right. It, it wasn't like you were trying to make the right. Yeah, you weren't trying to make them look stupid. You were. Yeah. <laughs> you were. Yeah, I had no. I have no interest in that type of. You know, that's just easy. You know, yeah. to do it that way. So, <laughs> thank you guys. I, I appreciate you reaching out. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Have a great night. See you guys. All right. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.